A lot to talk about with our next guest who took part in many battles of Alberta and uh, is part of an organization in Edmonton that made a pretty significant announcement a couple of days ago. Former Oilers defenseman Randy Gregg is on the line. Hey, Randy, how are you doing? I'm doing great, Reid. I'm looking forward to all this nice weather out there. It looks like it might be baseball season soon. Well, that's uh, that's good to hear. And why don't we start there? Because, of course, you're the managing director of the Edmonton Riverhawks, who are going to be playing in the West Coast League. And uh, you named your first field manager a couple of days ago, Kelly Stanett. People are going to know that name, 14 years in, uh, in the majors. Tell us about uh, connecting with uh, Kelly and convincing him to come be the Riverhawks coach. Yeah, you know, we really wanted to make a difference to the community. Uh, you know, Edmonton and the Edmonton community, I think all the fans deserve high level of sport. The Oilers have done it. The Eskimos have been a great team over the years. And we really want to bring in a team that not only, uh, you know, shows a great level of baseball, but also the integrity of developing young players, uh, the involvement in the community and things like that. And so we were lucky enough through the owner of the Victoria Harbor Cats to contact Kelly and it took about a minute of listening to his Oklahoma drawl and his commitment to his players down in Arizona uh, to kind of fall in love with the guy. He, he's been there. He's been at the highest level. He's played with the New York Yankees in 2006 and, and although he's a backup catcher, I think his email address is Grinder Baseball. so he, he's not an all-star but you know he has been there. He knows what it takes to, to provide a great level of baseball and I think when he comes up here also he's been really open to uh, not only expose the the quality of baseball that we expect, but also to get involved in the community and help out with uh, trying to promote a sport that is important for a lot of us. But over the last few years, baseball has been declining in numbers, and we want to see that changed. In terms of uh, your team going into Remax Field for this summer, what, if any, sort of work is being done on the ballpark? Oh, boy, this, uh, this work has been started about a year ago. We realized that... You know, Remax Field is a wonderful facility. The stadium's great, but it's it's getting a little bit tired. There's been nothing in the last four or five years for upgrades. The the turf was ripping. Uh, there were leaks. Uh, the scoreboard is circa 1995, and I think my cell phone is newer than that. Um, so we realized that if we're going to do a job, we should do it well. I think the citizens of Edmonton deserve that, and I think it will entice the fans when they see this fantastic new field turf some new uh, netting, uh, and this uh, really nice LED scoreboard. So we think that if we can bring in a coach that uh, will recruit quite well, we'll get some high-level players coming. Although we won't see the major leaguers today, hopefully we'll see some players that in four or five years we may be able to look back and say, gee, in 2021 I saw those guys playing Edmonton for the River Rocks. All right. Well, I, I got to ask you the uh, the non-baseball question, but of course it's a big impact on the world of sports. You know, Bob and I were talking about it, John Shannon, in the first half hour of the Face-Off show here because we've had NHL games postponed because of COVID. Uh, your schedule, I believe it's a, it's a June 1st start right now. Uh, tell me a little bit about the the border issue. Are there any concerns about their not being a season, um, season being delayed, not being at all the players. I, I mean, you know, it's kind of an all-encompassing question, but tell me where the league is at and the Riverhawks are at with that. You're absolutely right. You know, I think all of us, and especially in the area of medicine, we have to be very concerned with the pandemic and, and certain changes. We're watching the AHS guidelines very carefully. And then two of the concerns we have, of course, is not only bringing some of our really elite Canadian players over the border from their U.S. colleges, but also the really great American players will come and augment that that team. Um, it, there will be concerns in that. We want to make sure that we're doing all the right things. Just hoping that over the next two months, 
you know, some positive changes will take place so that we're able to bring them in. Uh, the West Coast League has decided in the last week uh, to have a bifurcated schedule. So the American teams will play against themselves and four Canadian teams will play against uh, themselves in a kind of a round-robin format during the, the season. So we're going to try to make the best of it. Uh, the West Coast League was cancelled last year, and uh, so all the teams and the players, the coaching staff and administration are all pretty excited about getting a, a season and whatever that may be like. Of course, we won't jeopardize the, the safety or the health of our players or the fans, and so we'll be following the guidelines closely. But luckily, you know, we're not playing an indoor facility. We're playing in this expansive field, REMAX field, so there is some potential for social distancing, and we're really hoping not only to get uh, the West Coast League team in there, but also engage minor baseball, minor softball, slow-pitch players to come down and use the facility as much as possible. Did I have that date right, early June, start to the season? Yeah, sure. It sure will. Uh, early June, it'll go till the middle of August when uh, almost all of these uh, college players have to get back to their college and get ready for next season. Okay. Randy Gregg joining us tonight on the City Ford Faceoff Show. Oilers and Flames coming up at 7. Randy also speaking in his role as the managing director of the Edmonton Riverhawks. Riverhawksbaseball.com to get more on them and find out more about the West Coast League and uh, all that fun stuff. You know, you, you wear a lot of hats, uh, Randy. We, we I, I, I don't think I could ignore the doctor title before we get into the former defenseman type stuff. And I mean, you and I have spoken a couple times in the past about the pandemic and now we're we're getting vaccines um you know as, as i think a lot of people in the media and in the sports world have had to learn as much as they can and talk about things they're they're not uh, didn't think they'd ever be talking about but where are you at with uh you know high numbers today in alberta yet you know we are seeing some people get vaccinated is it happening quickly enough i mean how are you feeling about where everything is at right now you know, I think if you practice medicine long enough, you become humbled by the profession, the fact that we don't know everything. And, and really, I think it's really prudent for all of us to look at the experts and listen to them. Uh, the, their life revolves around making good assessments as to what's best for our community and what's best for all of us. So, uh, you know, I'm, I'm watching the, the experts. Uh, Dr. Hinshaw is doing a wonderful job leading our province. And, of course, it's disconcerting. And, and of course, we're all nervous. We, we're all sick and tired of wearing masks and staying indoors. And we all want to get that summer day to go out and have some craft beer and watch some baseball or other sports. But, um, again, we, we know the end is in sight. The vaccinations are exciting. And we're looking forward to that, uh, you know, expanding in the community. And yet we realize that the timing might be a little bit tight. So, you know, it is what it is. Uh, we, we know there's a lot of families out there mourning losses that uh, that will never um, be replaced. And so we just have to be smart in our decisions. And uh, Alberta Health Services has done a wonderful job to lead us in that regard. Randy Gregg joining us on the Face Off Show. Okay, I'm going I'm to throw a really general one at you before I, I get into a couple specific moments. When I say Battle of Alberta, is there one or two things that immediately comes to mind for you? Yeah, you know, I was just talking about that with a fellow yesterday, and, uh, you know, I can't remember which game we won and what, what the score was and things like that, but I do remember one particular game when we were down at Calgary, and I think it was probably 1987, we were playing them in the uh, semifinals, and, and Calgary was a very strong team. They had some great players. It was a very physical time, and uh, I remember playing the game, and I think we just won the game 3-2 to two or something like that. I went into the Saddledome dressing room. I sat down, and I was so exhausted 
that I couldn't even bend over to take off my skates. And I thought, my God, I'm out of shape. And then I looked down, and there was Kevin Lowe and Lee Fogel and Paul Coffey and Charlie, and none of us could bend over. You know, we, we were just typically, we were just spent. We had nothing left. And, you know, it's a great ex- experience. It's exhausting. But knowing that when you're playing against a team like Calgary, uh, representing your city uh, in the Battle of Alberta, you just left nothing on the table and uh, you know fortunately our team won more than our share and uh, and it was exciting but you know sometimes in in sport or life or medicine or whatever job we have we just have to give it our all and uh, many of those games that's exactly what it was. Stoff and I were talking about memorable moments in this in this matchup and we both highlight Gretzky's shorthanded goal in overtime in 88 as one of if not the top moment did you remember your view for that goal? Yeah, you know, and in fact, I think I I believe that was the goal. I was coming down the right wing, and Wayne had the puck. And, uh, you know, who do you want to shoot the puck, Wayne Gretzky or me? So I'm kind of saying, Wayne, don't pass it to me. Take the damn shot. So, uh, you know, what a magical person he was, and and not only a great player. Of course, we all see what greatness he he showed us on the ice. But an individual that, that should have been selfish and cocky, and, um, you know, just a wonderful gentleman. I think that goes a lot to, to supporting in what Walter did with the family. But, um, you know, the fans were excited because Wayne really was a special individual on the ice. But we had the luxury also of spending time on him, seeing how he dealt with the, the elderly, uh, his fans, the, the people all over the world. And, uh, you know, it was just a real pleasure and an honor to, to play with him. You mentioned Walter, who we lost recently, of course, and a lot of memories of, of him. What, what do you remember about Walter being around the team and embracing what became his title, whether he, he wanted it or not, I think, as Canada's hockey dad? You know, I think we see Walter in, in the media as, as a wonderful gentleman, and certainly he was like that. I'll tell you one example that really sticks with me. I think a number of years after I played, they had something called the Heroes of Hockey uh, down in St. Petersburg or something like that, and they must have run out of heroes, so they asked me and my wife to go down, and so we went down and we played that the game was kind of a fun game, but before the game, my wife and I were walking down the street, uh, I think it was Tampa, and uh, all of a sudden we saw this black limousine, I thought, oh, gee, somebody's you know really important that's in this this limousine so we walked by and we're going up um, an escalator to go into a shopping mall and all of a sudden I heard somebody yell Randy Randy and I looked back and it was Walter Gretzky he was the fellow in the limousine he saw somebody and this is probably 10 years after I played with his son he ran out, ran after us a half a block, went up the escalator just to say hello. And, uh, you know, that really is the type of person Walter was. He was a, he was a wonderful guy and, and uh, you know, again, just a pleasure to know him. Randy Gregg joining us on the Face Off Show. Oilers and Flames are at 7 o'clock tonight. The, the current edition of the Oilers, uh, well, well, I'll ask you this first because they're, they're having a good season. Um, Tuesday's game stunk, Randy. I mean, I, I don't know how else to put it. And you played on a team uh, in an era where, where the team was really good and you guys are remembered very fondly. But I, I do remember your team lost a few games too and some of them weren't, weren't very good. So you as an athlete and, and that team of that era, how, how did you recover from the stinky ones? 
I, that's a really interesting comment because, uh, you know, I look back and, and a lot of people think that maybe – the 1987 Oiler team might have been, you know, one of the best teams ever. I mean, if you've got Kent Nilsson as your third line center, you got some pretty good players. He couldn't get past Gretzky and Messier when it came to centers. But you know, even that team, I think, lost 13 games. So you know, it, it's hard out there. Um, of course, the fans are, are great fans. They're so passionate, Edmonton. They love the idea that their team wins, and and they wear it on their shirt sleeve if we lose. Uh, Rod Phillips, as you might remember, was the was the radio commentator for the Oilers back then. Rod had a he had a statement, um, a slogan about the Oilers fans that they're with you win or tie, just don't tie too many. And you know it was a bit of a joke in that of course you know the expectation was to win 80 games, but you know what that did for us is is it really forced us not to to let our guard down. We had to be as good as we could every single game. And so, although it wasn't easy when you lost the game and you're exhausted or you had a knee that's twice as, as swollen as, as the other one, um, and it wasn't easy, um, you know, those high expectations that the Oilers fans put on our players are going to make every team better. I think they made our team better. And although I'm sure the superstars and, and the third and fourth liners on the team this year don't really like that, you know, it, it will make them stronger. And, you know, you've got such a good nucleus of players here and i think the coaching staff's done a wonderful job so you know it's not easy but it's an important a personality trait that you have to get that you accept nothing but the best from not only yourself but all your your teammates and i want to ask you specifically about a couple of guys on the blue line you know you playing defense uh close to 600 games regular season and playoffs combined and we've seen Darnell Nurse take a huge step forward this season, especially offensively. And, and Tyson Berry is, you know, up there amongst the defense uh, leaders when it comes to scoring by a defenseman. Um, why do you think that pairing's working? Or, or, or what do you see in Nurse's game that there's been a new level this year? You know, I, I don't get the opportunity to watch many games. I follow the scores and things like that. But, boy, an impressive group of players, you know, all the way from the, the superstars, the two big guys, all the way down to your fourth line. Darnell Nurse, you know, has a great pedigree, of course. He's got a family of great athletes. And I, I love his poise. And, you know, he's not very old uh, when it comes to, to getting that um, sort of experience to be a strong defenseman. So, you know, the steps he's made in the last few years have been monumental. And I expect him to become a, uh, a real super star defenseman in, in that regard. Uh, Tyson Berry, of course, has a different uh, skill set, and we have to have that. I go back to maybe an analogy when we were playing. You know, here we had Charlie Huddy, who was a defensive defenseman, probably scored four or five goals like I did every year, and then uh, Paul Coffey. And you, you wouldn't want to ask a Paul Coffey to play like Charlie or I, because he has this amazing ability to uh, to give the team something that we could never give. So I think it's nice that the ownership and I think management are doing a good job putting together this package that seems to work to work well. But you know, when you look at a player like Darnell Nurse and you see how good he is right now, I mean, the sky's the limit for that young man. He's he's going to develop into a great, great player. Randy, it's always a pleasure to speak with you. You're welcome on the show here anytime, and I know we're going to be talking more Riverhawks uh, in the months and hopefully years to come. So we really appreciate the update there as well. All the best with them, and enjoy the game tonight if you're able to tune in for a bit. Well, thanks very much, Adam. Nice talking with you, Reed. That is Randy Gregg, former Edmonton Oilers defenseman, wearing a, a lot of hats to talk a little bit about uh, about COVID-19 and about uh, his days with the Oilers and, of course, the Edmonton Riverhawks of the West Coast League. He's the managing director of that club.
Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance <laughs> recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.